Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Now, I need you all for a project. James Jeffries, a friend of Robert's, is sponsoring Dumpty Dum. He is very nearly as clever as Robert, and actually slightly more creative. He builds prototypes for the web and does some amazing things with data for arts and culture. In fact, I may ask him to work on the village website if I can loosen Jennifer's grip on the thing. He's worked with all the best people, you know. The BBC Research and Development team, creating interactive story explorers for Home Front and Peaky Blinders. For the London Philharmonic Orchestra, creating a prototype of a searchable archive of their historic performances. Once, he even built some tweeting receipt printers for a Bill Drummond exhibition. Now, that's the kind of innovation we need for the village show. So if you'd like to talk to him about your project idea, you could get in touch with him at Robert, Robert, what's his email address? James at shedcode.co.uk. That's James at shedcode.co.uk. Or you could have a browse of his website, shedcode.co.uk. Do tell him I was looking for him if you see him, won't you? I want him to design me a digital research of stone. <laughs> <laughs> This is Dumdy Dum, the show about the reality hockey drama that centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the complicated deal that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the gigantic debt that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our home farm land grab, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumdy Dum comes to you from M. Johnson's loins. Well, it's it's the fruit of her loins anyway. It's a little Dumdy Diddler who um, manfully 
all childfully um, tried to get through doing Barwick Green. I kind of like the kind of jazz improvisation on on the uh, melody. Not quite sticking to it, but very valiant effort. Well done. Well done. And guess what, Luce? What? We have a shed load of dum dums Well, three. That's a small shed. Well, compared to the the amount we normally have. Yeah, so we're going to unveil them it's a 300% increase on the amount we normally have well, so there we go well it's like a 1 million percent increase because it's like we normally we get zero that's what I mean so we have a 300% mm, alright okay right now loose yes if somebody would like to add to our burgeoning pile of dum dums how can they do that if you would like to sing us a dumpty dum, leave us a plot prediction or pimp out your sister-in-law to get a better deal from the man who employs your niece's <laughs> rapist husband, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Derek for the load of the back bedroom. Uh, Derek has been very busy this week. He was inspired by Danny Dyer discovering that he has um, <laughs> royal connections on Who Do You Think You Are? So uh, Derek investigated his family tree and surprisingly has discovered that he's actually related to Lord Netherbourne through a distant cousin. Apparently the Netherborns were famed for their enormous balls. So there is a family resemblance. (laughs) 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 I just I just like Netherborne's balls. I just thought that was that was excellent. Well done. You well done. Thank you very much. Right. On this week's episode, we have calls from Jan from Cannes, who's ain't trusting Justin, Steve, who's had it with Jill, Neve, who wants to talk to Toby, Auntie Jean, who's team Jill, hmm. Witherspoon, who's had a wink from Kerry, and New York Nigel, he's back, who feels sorry for Rob's neighbours. But first, before the quarter interrupts, before we have some side chat about something random that comes into our mind, and before Lucy gets the geography of North Wales slightly wrong, according to Cosmo, <laughs> it's Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. We started the week with Adam and Ian's anniversary. Jenny Darling warned him against making a fuss. Um, First year anniversary. What's that? Is it wood? Coal? No? Oh, yes. Infidelity. It's not like I'm whisking him off, says Adam. I mean, that sounds painful, but appropriate, I suppose, what with him being a chef. There was lots of damn it, Charles, at home farm about buying lots of land for BL. Brian was saying things like opportunity of a lifetime, affordable in the current climate, blah, blah, which is everything David was saying about Handy Hock before that all went tits up. Brian did the old switcheroo and went from Adam stuck going on about soil, who cares, you big gay hippie, to Adam, no one knows much as much about soil as you. I didn't understand the loan, but he said this is our opportunity to guarantee the future of home farm which means it's going to be a massive plonking disaster. Mark my words, Jenny Darling will soon be asking the food bank at Borchester where they keep their porcini and she'll have to get a part-time job cleaning for Susan. <laughs> Matthew's <laughs> history, ma'am, said Pip, which makes Toby double biology, sadly. Lion, uh, Lillian is right out of sausage. Well, that is what happens when your boyfriend goes back to his wife. Um... She has come clean to the family about her herbal lay arrangement with Justin. What about Miranda? asked Brian. Oh, she's fine, said Jenny Darling. She just put on a funny voice, fell over a cleaning bucket and pulled a wry face to camera. So 
Alistair is going into partnership with Anisha and Jill is going into partnership with the loony bin by the sound of it. She Mm. is now chuntering on endlessly about Toby and although she is still hooting, she now sounds like an owl that swallowed an elastic band. Poor old Ruth got stuck in the middle of a row between a petulant teenager and a petulant octogenarian and no one came out of it sounding entirely normal. For some reason at the pantomime rehearsal, Linda is putting on her spiritual voice, which makes her sound like Mystic Meg, that strange woman with the wobbly intonation that used to read out the lottery results. Please, Tom, just read the lines and your motivation will become clear, said Linda. He did, and it didn't. She didn't pack it in, even when Toby hit her over the head with a juggling club. Rex and Toby had a not very joyful reunion. Rex blamed Toby for the fact that Rex was on his own looking after the geese, even though it was Rex that had fired Toby. Apparently, Toby dislikes his mother. Really? A pain in the ass man whose problem is his mother in Ambridge? Surely not. And she has a boyfriend called Hans. I very much hope his surname is Knees und Bumpser Daisy. (laughs) <laughs> Mike got a mention which was always nice he's not dead he's in Birmingham said Roy same thing isn't it Tom Roy and Jazza mm. the saddest and most romantically incompetent men in Ambridge have decided to join forces so they can be incompetent together the dream team the three musketeers said Jazza Athos Porthos and Nicholas Witchell. Roy asked Rex if he also fancied reliving the 90s but bearing in mind Rex is a good decade younger than Roy he'd have relived the 90s by doing his homework and eating fish fingers. They went to a club night called Ghost in the Machine managed by a man called Dickie. Dickie? Sounds like he should be wearing a striped blazer and doing the cricket scores. Incidentally as a manager of a hotel you would think Roy would know how to pronounce Prosecco pro secco as opposed to amateur secco presumably adam <laughs> went to home farm where he had lamb tagine and a massive row jenny darling's like a hugely incompetent kofi annan as she repeatedly sets up rows by saying now you're not going to row are you definitely promise whatever you do don't row and don't talk about the thing i don't want you to talk about that's going to make you row you know that really contentious thing oh look darling now you're rowing there was a german market at lower loxley Maybe they should have invited Hans, Knees and Boops a daisy. You know the sort of thing. Plastic <laughs> snow, hurdy-gurdy music, the smell of burning bratwurst and Titcomb dressed up as the Weimar Republic. Richard tried to tempt Elizabeth to have a mouthful of his Wiener schnitzel and she said no thanks as every time she got near it, a vision of Schuler waving her hunting crop about loomed up and she shot off to go and skate round her own personal ice skating rink and think about how terribly busy she is. The end. Oh, I really enjoyed that this week. Oh, crumbs. You're not allowed to say that anymore, are you? Yes, no. Yeah. Mm. Gosh. Now, what's my catchphrase going to be then? No. You better tell people why you're not allowed to say it anymore. Um, Because I think... You're upsetting Jane Roth. mm, But I think she's slightly got the wrong end of the stick. I'm not being snotty by saying it was quite good this week because if I say it's quite good this week and I say that every week it's because it's always awesome isn't it I don't know is that what you mean I don't know what you mean I never know I think the irony (laughs) is if I say every week well then people can put together a really what I'm I'm really saying but anyway thank you for your email um but I, I I love Lucy's monologues I wish I could do them but I can't. That's why she does them. They're awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, but we'll come on to the meat and potatoes of your email later. Now, Lucy V. Freeman. Yep. Mm. 
Can you remind me what happened last week in the Archers? Um, other than what you know, you'll come. You're kind of comic aside. Um, what else, kind of? You know. Well, I have some questions Ooh. about last week. All right, good. First question: Why didn't Lillian tell Justin it was Rob that had told her family? No idea. Because I just can't see why she wouldn't. Don't make no sense to me. Nope. Ne- next question. It was this was about your thing, which is rapidly get your um, theory that you posited that Justin is like the sort of the Fagin and he goes around trying to look good while he makes everyone else, look, mm. you know, do all his dirty work for him. Yeah. And in the play, mm-hmm. Justin in the panto, Justin's line was I'm not going to do the, the, the rhyme, but it was something like he has his henchmen that collect the rent. Da, da, da. And I thought, ah, that's there what you go. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Next um, question. Uh, it. I don't understand how date when David told Ruth and Thing to get out, they haven't gone. Toby, well, and that was just. But was it conditional on getting rid of the still? Yeah, that's that's the way that I read it. He said, "I want that still out of here right now." And if he's, it's still there. Ha <laughs> ha! Still, if well, um, it's in Grundy's field, isn't it really? But anyway, go. On. But if it's all sealed up. As he said, mm. how is he actually going to make this gin? I I don't know. Right, there's the, a lot the, of quite kind of a bit storylines at the minute, aren't there? Mm. They're kind of like near misses. Well, they, they kind of look like they're going to turn into something interesting, and then at the last minute they veer off into a pile of dog no, poo. No, 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 no. I think I, I slightly disagree with you because I think the whole Toby and Pip thing is interesting because this is the first kind of wedge. I can remember in the Brookers Archers family in quite some time. Are you joking? You know. No, take Kenton it... out of it. But I mean... It... No, the whole Handy Hock thing. Oh, the old that's family. true. That's true. But what I mean is, what I mean, though, is... Right, and you're good to get me to, to clarify. Is in terms of, yes, um, Ruth wanted to go and David was going along with it kind of reluctantly. But we've actually had, um, you know, proper Barneys, haven't we? We've had, yeah. and we don't have that with the Brookers Archers. We don't. No. We don't. Right. Well, it's because the the person who's the keep the peacemaker is now the antagonist. A- absolutely, absolutely. And she seems to be slightly obsessing, doesn't she? I mean, slightly she keeps dragging the woman's bat so not so off her tits on this one. And don't <laughs> get me wrong, Toby's an ass, right? But sure come on. Talk, I'm not sure you can talk about Jill's tits. It's making <laughs> you feel a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, you know. but Like saying you fancy the Queen or something. Oh. Don't tell you me know, you do. No, but back in the day. Yes, I know. You've and, already said. Oh, yes, she yes, was a looker, yes. the Queen. Yes. Proper looker. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Right. Pull your trousers back up and let's carry stop, on. Stop, stop it. My trousers are firmly <laughs> up around my nipples, Simon Cowell style. <laughs> um but no, so we actually have, you know, vocal kind of conflict and discord. And and I love it. So I disagree with you when you say that, you know, the stories are kinda of going nowhere and, and and they are near misses. We're getting Jill obsessing going over the top. We're getting uh, Ruth saying, mother-in-law, come on now, calm down, right? We've got David slightly going off on one as well. And then we've got Pip, who is obviously now got doubts about Toby. 
but she's she feels but yeah porn. but she feels that she has to defend the guy yeah. I, yeah. Think, I, I think this is, this is all good and then we had uh, a bit of faithless I can't get no oh yes I, I was, was yeah yeah I'm telling you my hands were in the air Lucy I was like <laughs> having it <laughs> the 1990s all over again oh yeah I, I, I was i was there but um but other than that hmm, i i kind of do know where you're coming from in terms of it feels a little bit bitty but we've just had this overwhelming storyline uh, for so long so the fact that it's actually gone back to normal uh we're still kind of getting used to it aren't we in terms of there's a little bit of a storyline here there's a little bit of a family taking their pictures over there etc etc what do you think was the reason Henry had a meltdown about um, uh, dressing up as um, a gosling? I think Rob's told him that it's girly to dress up. Well, that that would be um, a likely scenario. and But also, I, I suppose it's just we're supposed to think that here is this, you know, he, he's had Rob as his carer and he's gone into this, you know... He's just missing Rob, and just yeah. whenever he feels a little bit unsettled, it's kind of amplified by the fact that um, his domestic situation has changed. You know, yeah. but you know, maybe I don't. I'm not so sure. Is that it? I, I think so. I think so. We've we've done faithless, <laughs> <laughs> fat boy slim, and I've and I've I can't bring out man about fat boy slim warming up for me as a DJ before. You know, I've said that too. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many times on this show. <laughs> We have three maps to give away from the lovely people at marvelousmaps.com. 
To get your hands on a map, you need to answer this fiendishly difficult question set by James Jeffries of shedcode.co.uk. Three boys have been taught by Mrs Jeffries at Loxley Barrett Primary School. Can you name two of the three boys? So three boys have been taught by Mrs Jeffries at Loxley Barrett Primary School. Can you name two of those three boys? You can answer by going on dumptydum.com and hitting contact us. Good luck. So I think it's time to have the caller in or us. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first, Lucy? Jan from Cam. Ooh, Auntie Jan, love you. Dumpty Dum. Uh, it's Jan from Can Calling. Um, I was just listening to Dumpty Dum and all the questions about why Lillian would uh, cave in so quickly uh, about the scarf. And I kind of suspect that uh, Lillian was very, sh- very shaken up uh, about the departure of a tiger, especially at her age, because I think maybe being in her 70s, it's a bit scary to think about spending her older age alone. And uh, I'm just guessing that maybe she didn't feel confident that Justin would have her back because of the the way he, you know, offered Rob the job so quickly. Which, by the way, Royfield, I thought assessment of why Justin gave Rob the job in the first place was really bang on. I don't trust Justin as far as I can throw him. Anyway, uh, that's just my thoughts on Lillian and uh, Rob. Yeah, she is sympathetic to Lillian, but I still don't get it really. Jan, I understand what you're saying about that Lillian is sort of shaken up by the departure of, 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 of Matt and that she didn't feel confident that Justin would have her back if, if, she told him about it, that, that that it was Rob that had kind of um, identified the affair, but I don't. It just doesn't ring right to me. It's no, you know, it Lillian Lillian loathes Rob, and she because of what's happened, she wasn't that keen on him before. And I think she would take any opportunity of saying to Justin, "Look, this is the kind of idiot you've employed." He's not only harmful to your reputation locally, he's not only, mm. you know, physically harmed and, my relatives, he's and, actually harming our relationship. And also, just to back up what you're saying there, um, the week when he got the job and Justin actually said to her, he's thinking of giving it to him, um, she did say, no, 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 you, you shouldn't do this. Yeah. They have actually had this conversation. Yeah. So the fact that now... The person who's uh, raped her niece and then being at best indiscreet with the fact that they're um, bonking, you'd think she'd turn around and say, "This is the type of man that you employ." Yeah, it will, it would have, it would have no effect on Justin. That's what he wants. But however, yeah. she's not to know that, so she should say that though. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just very very strange mm. that 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 she would hide hide that. Just 
peculiar and i do understand what you're saying jan but i just don't it still doesn't sit right with me it just doesn't doesn't work mm. um steve from pool bye-bye steve Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Steve here from Pool. I hope you're okay. Jill is getting on my wick. I think she's getting on Ruth's wick as well. Uh, obviously, she's getting on Pip's wick. She wouldn't get on David's wick because David thinks the sun shines out of her arse. But she really is being horrible and vile at the moment. If I was Ruth, I'd send her in a bloody writing desk back to Lower Loxley. Uh, another person, Roy, I'd say bless him, but... I just find him such an unsympathetic character. He's, he's, he's gifted in two ways. Not only is he tedious, but he's thick. Can you imagine going out with him? It must be like watching paint dry. He's just so devoid of any merit whatsoever. Why would anyone want to go out with him? Anyway, that's me. Uh... 55, 57, 58, 59, 60 seconds. There you go. Now I can do a lot of bye-byes. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Love you. Bye. You go first. No, you. You go first. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Jill needs to be sent back to Lower Loxie with her writing desk. That makes me... <laughs> um, she... I... Because oh. Auntie Jean says that she's Team Jill, that, that she thinks Jean, Jill's completely right, but... but Regardless of yes, well, I think we've all agreed that Toby is bad news. The man is a fool, mm. and Pip irritating as she is can certainly do better. But it's the way Jill is doing it. She's it, it's if she wanted to push them further together, she couldn't be doing a better job. Um, because everything she's saying is forcing. Uh, is forcing Pip to come out in defence of Toby and therefore kind of cement their relationship because every time she says it, the more she says, no, 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 he's going to, he's going to make a real success of this. No, 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 he's fine. No, 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 he tries really hard. To do. The more she says it, the more she's actually believing it. Um, and if she was just left on her own, she'd probably come to the conclusion that he was a Burke and just wave him goodbye, you know, and it, it would all be over nice and quietly. But this way, it's going to be like they're going to be married by Christmas if Jill carries on like this. <laughs> it's, you know, you just think, what are you doing? And she just seems to have lost her edit function. Where Carol Toboggan is in all this, I don't know, because Carol Toboggan's usually quite good at going, shut up, Jill, effectively. Well, she went, went abroad skiing with her daughter, didn't she? Are they still at it? Yeah, they've been gone for quite some time. She she should be, she should be back by now. Maybe they're in an avalanche or something. Mm. Um, and yet, Steve, I have no idea why anyone wants to go out with Roy. It would be like it's no, he's solid and dependable. <sighs> no, but you know, no you one's ever wanted to go out, you know, with me for those reasons. Admittedly, right? But you know, <laughs> solid or dependable is that what you mean? <laughs> exactly. Weak flighty and, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> weak, vacillating, and flighty. That's right. um, a well-known firm of solicitors. Weak, vacillating, and flighty. Well, uh, do you? You don't like dogs, do you? You don't like animals much. What are you talking about? I thought you didn't like animals much. What are you talking about? Okay, I can't really say it any other way. Do you like animals or not? Well, I thought I've answered that really, haven't I? I was saying, what are you talking about? Of course, no, I do. do. I didn't have pets growing up. That's where you've got a mutated that fact oh. into saying that I don't like animals. Okay. 
But it sometimes you meet old dogs. Right? I am going somewhere sensible with this. I'm not just. I haven't just had a stroke or something. Um, Mm. old animals that are a little bit smelly and mm. a bit drooly and they've usually got ear infections or something horrible and they're just a bit you know ugh, or a bit that's spitty. roy Is that and, yeah that's roy. And, the, and they have the, they're incredibly appealing because they make you feel sorry for them and then you stroke them and then you think no I feel so sorry you're trying to say if a woman I sleeps with roy it's a pity shag is that what you're yeah. saying yeah. I, I disagree because when he was he was attract well he must have been attractive God knows he must have been he must have, something must have happened with with Elizabeth because he was all I'm doing this festival and it's all going really brilliantly and he felt really no but that's because happy. he was but that's because you saw somebody who was very capable and it was a man who was around her and also good with um her eldest etc etc and also, it was just Roy was a proximity. Well, he was doing this. Oh, where have I gone wrong? Oh, it's all I might as well just lay down in this ditch and die, which is what he's doing at the minute. People, women, you know, it's not attractive. It's not. It's not. And no, no woman is going to look at you and think, "Oh, yes, you are a bit of a smelly old dog with a banky tooth and a near infection." But you know, Roy, I, uh, I completely disagree with this construct here. I don't think Roy is a smelly old dog. I think he's he he he's boring. I'll give you that. No, I don't think he is. I think he thinks he is. He seems to just be trying to attract women by making them feel sorry for but him. But he's not trying to attract women that way, is he? It's just it, he feels totally out of sorts in this modern dating world, and I think that's a fair feeling to have, especially if you've you know. He hasn't had to date for the last, what, 15, 18 years, however long he's been with Hayley. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you've gone from you bump into somebody down the ball mm. to you're swiping left and swiping right. It's a whole different world with a whole different set of mores and stuff. And what he's saying to people is, I don't really know what to do. And you have to learn again actually how to converse with somebody who you don't know, which is a, a neat trick actually, actually to have. Yeah, you know, Roy Tucker has always been incredibly capable and confident uh, work-wise. Hence, he was the manager of this and the deputy manager of that and then yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. So you could completely see how somebody like Elizabeth... Well, it's still a stretch to say somebody like Elizabeth would find him attractive, but you could completely see how somebody in a work scenario would find somebody like that attractive because he's capable, he gets things done, he's got his spreadsheet... And actually things get nailed and get done. However, we're talking about affairs of the heart. This is completely different, Juicy Loose. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I just. However, he is dull. Yeah. He is <laughs> bloody dull. <laughs> you know. Uh, you'd much rather actually want to be on a date with Tom or, or Jazza. At least I've got a, they've got a little bit of something about Whoa, them. Oh, not Tom. Back up there. No, no, no you no. would. Tom, Tom's he's more interesting. To... Tom, he, now he's not obsessing about his sausage. No, but now Tom... he's obsessing about Nuffield. If I, he's got a Nuffield tie. Oh, somebody's texted me off my Nuffield course. It's, uh, <laughs> God. You think, go, I wish the, I miss the good old days of ready meals. And and then he'll come back and then all we'll hear is baby food for the next five years. Which will be uh, quite apt, really. 
Oh, yes, because she's still pregnant, having not clocked the fact that she hasn't had a period for, what are we now? Oh, shut months? up. Shut up. I know it. I know. I know she's pregnant. <laughs> I, I'm, I, she's going to get pregnant at some point. I know it. <laughs> Come on, Tom, pull your pecker out. <laughs> get her up, Duff. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, uh, where are we? Ah, Neve now. Hi, I'm Neve. I am a first-time caller winner. I'm Bookbeak Baby on the Twitters. Um, I've been listening for a while, but this is my first time I think I had to call in. So I need to do all of the usual stuff. I work doing admin for an organisation in the theatre industry. I've been listening to The Archers for a few years. Um, I had to read back over the summaries to see what character I am, because I'm a Johnny. Or Rich, as he was known first. But I remember Pat and Tony finding out that he existed and trying to make contact and all of that. The reason I'm calling in is to add to the sort of Toby-Rob comparisons that have been happening and the discussion about whether or not Toby has shades of Rob in him. And I think there are some things that are just... I don't think they're done with malicious or controlling intent, as they are with Rob, but definitely for selfish, sort of his own reasons. Yeah, the Archer family don't approve, but post-Flapjack Gate and pre-David still explosion, Pip would mention something to do with the family, that she'd go speak to her mum or speak to her dad. Toby would be like, oh, but they don't like me. Oh, yeah, no, but they don't like me, you know that, and they don't like me, and... The same with Stir Up Sunday and that sort of thing. And it's that sort of guilt, I think, that he was sort of using against Pip when she was considering going to these people, like going to like speak to her family. And I think it, it was definitely not helping the situation. And things have escalated quite a lot since then. And the archers are, hold, are handling it really bad, all of them, particularly Jill. They're pushing her more and more towards him. And there was one or two things that he said that just really raised my hackles I think a little bit it was reminiscent of early Helen and Rob and I am definitely over the two minute limit but I did spend a minute answering all of Royfield's questions so I hope you'll forgive me. Neve I agree it is probably Betty better to be a rich than a Johnny. <laughs> yes try and avoid being a Johnny at all costs. Oh well, well um, welcome to the team. Yes and welcome welcome. Mm. Um, yes, absolutely. I think I've just repeated what Neve said in the other call. Um, to, but it, you, I think Neve thinks that Toby is more conniving than than I sort of gave him reverse credit for. Um, that he's using the Archer's dislike of him to pull, um, to pull. Um, oh God, Pip. To I'm um, there's so many names to pull Pip towards him. And her family are pushing her away, apart from Ruth, who's trying to do her best, back to him. So either way, she's heading straight into into him. And it's it's just a disaster. And it's some, you know, there's got to be some reconciliation soon, I think. And I think that might be a Christmassy thing, um, which will probably res- result in, in um, uh, you know, uh, Pip and, and and Jill making making friends again, because mm. um, they did used to have a good relationship. But um, it's got to happen sort of fairly dramatically because 
it's just getting worse and worse. And Pip's getting sort of actually quite desperate now. Mm. I don't think... can't be able to contain herself. Am I to understand that Arneve mm. has basically said that Toby's deliberately kind of stoking this? Yes. Oh, that that's completely not, not the truth. And... It's kind of a little bit like what... No, no, not... She said not not like Rob would actually deliberately stoke it, but he's using stuff that they... He says, your family don't like me. There's no point me asking them because your family don't like me to kind of... Because it makes Pip then reassure him that she will sort everything out and it will all be okay, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So it's not as, not as directly Machiavelli as I, Rob. I, I, I don't think Toby has got very many faults uh machiavellian type tendencies are definitely not not one of them because ultimately toby wants and expects everyone just to like him mm. he, you know and and therein lies his kind of downfall that he doesn't put in the work and also he doesn't um kind of understand instinctively when, when people don't like him uh because he just thinks well you know i don't have a bad side to me i'm just a good sort blah 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 let's just have fun yeah. So, so kind of slightly nuanced answer. I'd slightly kind of disagree, Uh, but yeah, that doesn't mean that he's a good guy at all, and and that he's right for Pip. You know, he isn't. But um, in terms of his motivation and actually how he reads the situation, um, no, I I don't think he would be. You know, uh, kind of doing that per se. Auntie Jean now. Hello, Dumpty Dummers, Auntie Jean here. I'm finally caught up with the Archies. I've been a bit behind recently. I just want to say that I am entirely on Jill's side in all of this. I think she's quite right to point out to Pip Toby's shortcomings, and there, let's face it, are many of them. Want to give old son Kirsty and Tom being married by Easter, or at least having run away to get married or something, um, and still thinking that Kirsty might be pregnant anyway. Getting a tiny bit fed up with the Roy storyline, but hey-ho, it gets Jazza in there, so that's fine. And finally... What the bleeding hell was Nathan Booth doing with his ping-pong rules? I mean, if it involved any of his bodily sphincters, I will not be listening again. Well, that's pretty much all, really. We need a doctor, really, don't we, to explain exactly what Nathan Booth was doing. Anyway, I'll speak to you all soon. Bye! Just before you uh, launch into um, a thorough analysis of her call and then, uh, you know, tell her where she's gone wrong or where she's got where she's been spot <laughs> on the money, um, this this appeal... Uh, this petition, sorry, uh, so that um, her hobby can have uh, this specific drug, which the NHS, uh, in their wisdom, said that they couldn't fund. Uh, basically, the NHS have re- reversed the decision. So thank you for everybody oh, who went onto the link and actually signed Auntie Jean's petition. But um, it won't be brought up in, in Parliament now because the NHS says they are going to find the funds for the drug. So Uncle Jean... Uh, can get the treatment that he so deserves. Yay! Oh, how lovely. I didn't know that. That's excellent. No, she sent me a little little email. She said, Royful, can you please thank everybody and say that we've had a little victory? Yay. Oh, goodness. That's very good news. And hopefully it will bring a, a happy new year. Absolutely. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Answer. Uh, yes, sorry, I got distracted um, because I've just realised I haven't done Tweets of the Week. <laughs> so 
try basically <laughs> trying to do them at the same time. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, and Tom married by Easter. That's what she says. Or run away um, by Easter. What do you reckon? Um, it's, well, there's going to be some tension around in her field. If Tom's going away, she's either going to declare undying love before he goes. So he says, oh, my God, Kirsty, I don't want to go, blah, blah, blah. Or when he comes back, she'll say, oh, my goodness, I've missed you. He'll say, I've missed you too, etc., etc. Right, whatever whatever happens between them pair, Nuffield um, is absolutely key to it because that is just random and out of nowhere, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you've um, you've you've always had a um, a thing about uh, 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 about Nuffield, haven't you? You've always thought that was the, that was what put the idea of of Kirsty's pregnancy in your head. For a start off, it is baby food, and that's Helen's department. And we've only just had him back from Canada. Right. So why is he going away again? So it's, it's a plot device of some sort. It's either going to act as some um, accelerant uh, in terms of his relationship with Kirsty, or some kind of tension break in the fact that things are building up, then he has to go away. There is that, it's there as a plot device. You know, that is absolute fact. And as we've said before, Tom and Kirsty. It's their third time of reckoning, and it, it's going to happen. And you know, we we say, oh, we it's not a soap and whatever, but it, it's it is a kind of I'm going to call it a Den and Angie thing, and that that's wildly wrong. It's a bit like Ken Barlow and Deirdre in that they always get back together, you know, and and yeah. that's what's happening with this pair. It doesn't matter what you throw in the in the way of them, uh, their love will out. Their love will just see them back together. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying they're going to live happily ever after. I'm not saying that at all. But we know there's unfinished business. And that's what the old celebratory shag after Helen got off um, got off the murder rap was all about. You know, they turned to each other, didn't they? Yes. Unfinished yes. business. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that means it's going to happen at Christmas, doesn't it? I don't know when it's going to happen. All I know is that them pair, mark my words, you know, there there is another chapter or two to, to be had in that book. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Da, da, da. <laughs> You're doing the tweets, aren't you? Yep. Multitasking. There we go. Dun, dun, dun. Um, right. Next. We have with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. We're resting up from the first of many holiday parties, yesterday's tree trimming event at Norwood Club. And we're also having a laugh at the very funny advent calendar photos our own Yokel Bear has been posting on Facebook. I do urge you to visit his page. As a segue, did you know that Christmas pantos are not a thing in America? So I live vicariously through the Ambridge Spectacular. I, for one, look forward to the traditional event each year. Thus, the recent comparisons of Linda to Rob are uncalled for. Yes, Linda can be a bit self-centered, 
Okay, a lot self-centered, but that's where the comparisons end. She is a woman of strong opinions, and she does believe hers are the correct ones, but her heart is in the right place. She has always cared about and extended a helping hand to others. Thus, I draw the comparison to Emma. No, not Emma Grundy, but Jane Austen's creation. Think about it. You could see Emma Woodhouse Knightley growing up to being a kind of Linda Snell. And in that vein, I don't think that Linda putting Kirsty and Tom together in the romantic leads was just an unfortunate decision on her part. I do think that Linda has a plan for the two of them. Speaking of plans, I have also come to realize that Lillian was not just acting out of character and not standing up to Rob, but she also must have a plan, as Tony had suggested to her. It was almost a throwaway line which hasn't been followed up on since, so it must be revisited. There will be a confluence between the Panto storyline and the real-life Archer storyline. See, I've returned to my love of Pantos. Besides, Uncle Kerry gave me a kind of wink-wink when I suggested this on the Twitters. If so, we're in for a very interesting Christmas week in Ambridge. I, for one, am looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. Witherspoon, when you say, I, for one, look forward to the Panto every year, you mean, I, the only one, look forward to the Panto every year. (laughs) We all hate it. Um, To be fair, Lucy, I I think there's a bit of a middle course to be uh, taken here. I don't know, I can't quite say that we all hate it. Though you, um, in your very comic but also very observant way, have pointed out the absurdity of the fact that it is fundamentally the same storyline every year. You know, will they do it? Will Linda pull it off? Linda gets stressed. Robert consoles her, etc., etc. However, I quite like it as well. However, I just wish that it didn't happen quite every year. Biannually would do me, every other year. You know. (laughs) (laughs) But it does give... Linda something to do in the village because she's um you know if if there is no bypass or someone's threatening to chop down a tree etc Linda Snell's got nothing to do has she so she can't be a busybody in the village then it's it's the Christmas because actually now she's booted out of the uh the annual fair thing you know that that's her Fallon's domain so what what else is she going to do I think Witherspoon, Witherspoon, when he says about uh, Emma, if Emma, when Emma Woodhouse grew up, she'd grow up to be Linda Snell, and she does have that kind of um, th- that she's that in a sense she is manipulating. She is aware that there is a thing between Kirsty and Tom, and she's kind of um, she is engineering that slightly because she's doing her special syrupy voice, isn't she? Mm. She's doing <laughs> her little. Well, if you just. Just go and do it and read this, Tom, and look into her eyes and la 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 la. And you know, you can. That was a very good impression. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs Harriet with you around? <laughs> we do. We really need Harriet. <laughs> um, uh, but she has got that. You can. Linda is so transparent. When she's got a plan, it, she's like Baldur, you know, I've got a cunning plan that only she thinks that she's, you know, she's so subtle and it's sodding obvious to everybody but um yes well maybe maybe her plan will work and Kirsty and tom as you said is sort of a bit of a foregone conclusion so i'm sure it will but yeah i mean if she didn't have the thing is christmas is the same every year pretty much for everybody 
mostly if you have the same sort of traditions and the same sort of thing and you go to the same houses and da, 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 so it's all going to be it is all the same so i suppose it's fairly normal that we'd have an ambridge christmas that sort of has um traditional elements to it and you know there's a sort of a consistency there but he is as disturbed as i am at lillian acting so oddly out of character when when uh, she she's not telling justin about rob and all that she just sounds a bit wrong at the minute lillian mm. i don't like it unless well, she is saving up for some huge kind of um you know uh declaration if she's if she's planning to sort of reveal rob in all his true colors somehow that would be good mm. i would forgive that then well you, you're nigel well just before we go into new york nigel you know what i was thinking about just then mm. i talked about christmas how do you reckon that ian and adam are going to spend their christmas because that if there is one storyline which is also perplexing me it's that really in that they're kind of getting on, but Ian is very clearly yeah. saying, whoa, 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 Tiger, yeah, yeah. let's slow yeah. this down. Yeah. Slow the heck down. And I don't quite... Oh, yeah, he's been hurt. I suppose that is the answer. It's the reason why. But it, it feels very odd because nothing that Adam is suggesting is sounding particularly over the top. No. You know, let's spend a little bit of time together, come round yeah. to, to come round for dinner. You know, etc. Yeah. Well, it, well, no, he could come round for dinner. That wasn't the problem. It was when he said, "Go to um, go away for the weekend for their anniversary," and that's when Adam went, "No, no, no, no." I mean, that's when Ian went, "No, no, no, no." But I think sometimes when when people are sort of reconciled, there's that horrible expectation. You know, that more people have rows on Valentine. I've just um, started working with a barrister. And she said that more people file for divorce just after Christmas and just after their summer holiday than at any other time. And I said, what caused what causes that? And she said, I think it's the the power of the level of expectation. It's like we always say about the fun fascists on New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve. Of course, it's fun. You've got to have fun, you know. And it's, you know, it's Valentine's Day. So therefore, you've got to feel special. If you don't feel special, it's not worth it. Leave him, you know, and all that rubbish. So people kind of have this really high expectation that their summer holiday is going to be lovely and that they are going to feel loved and that um, on Valentine's Day, they've, you know, it's got to be special. And if it isn't, then then that, you know, Christmas mm. has got to be magical. And if not, it's terrible. And <laughs> there's there's that whole thing about when you've reconciled with somebody, as Ian and Adam have, then, you know, you go away for the anniversary and it's got to be romantic. And if your feelings about the other person are still a little bit ambiguous, it's horrendously uncomfortable. Because you're thinking, oh God, is it? You know, they're exp- oh, We've got to do a. We've got to do a. We've got to hold hands, haven't we? We've got to hold hands now, and then we've got to go and have candles at dinner and talk. And we, you know, we can't just be stupid. We have to go and talk properly and all that, you know. And it, it's an absolute killer. So I could completely see why Ian's going. No, 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 no. Just give me a minute, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds to me like you're speaking from bitter experience. <laughs> Uh, no i'm not apart from the 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 expect the the happiness expectation thing Mm. which um i think is is a is a a very real thing 
and it's uh it yeah there's a there's a oh i won't bore everybody i've got a real strong beliefs beliefs theories around mm. a lot of what goes wrong in a lot of what's wrong with life today roy field i tell yeah. you is what's that then it's the <laughs> People it's believe. the fact that we live in a post-fact society. That's a problem with, with the world today. No post one believes society? in post-fact. No one post-fact. believes oh. in anything anymore, now, does I they? think people believe they have a right to be happy. Mm. That I completely and utterly do agree with. Mm. And they forget to be happy with what they've got. They think they can only be happy with what they want. And and, and I think it, it's, a, it's a huge, huge, huge issue. You and, know, and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, sweetheart. And I tell you what as well, <laughs> uh, being content, yeah, massively maligned phrase. Nothing yeah. wrong with being content, folks. That's what we said about Helen last week, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Said, mm-hmm. Good enough. Good enough. Goodness. Yeah. I tell you what, what's lovely about this podcast, you get the archers and you get homespun philosophy and, and ways to live it's don't like you? prairie home companion absolutely <laughs> with, a, with a little bit of buddhism thrown in too yeah awesome awesome and a little bit of nlp yeah and a bit of football i tell you what lucy v freeman oh, no, right no, no, no. i'm really sorry to say this but wimbledon and curzon ashton yesterday what a game of football what a game of football and folks i'm going to be very quick right so wimbledon they're the league team. And... Do you mind if I write some Christmas cards? Tell me when you finish. <laughs> I hate you. All right, who's next? <laughs> New York, <laughs> Nigel. <laughs> Hello, Lucy and Roy Field and Millie Bell and Dumpty Dumbers everywhere. It's New York, Nigel here. I hope that one of my favourite ways of curing a sleepless night isn't going to be made more complicated. What I do is to think of two archers' characters and figure out the ways in which they're related, and within two minutes, I'm off in slumberland. How is Neil related to Brian? Well, Neil's son is Brian's son-in-law. That's an easy one. But how is Bethany related to Adam? That's a bit more complicated, and it involves Roy. No need to count sheep. And now, if Roy marries Tracy Horobin, Sicky Susan won't only be the mother-in-law of an Aldridge, Alice. I'll also have to remember that her sister is the stepmother of an Aldridge grandchild, Phoebe. See what I mean? Who needs Ambien? Two other things. He's not dead. He's just in Birmingham. Poor old Mike. Is this the new way we've going to refer to the disappeared in Ambridge, old Mike, Kathy, Christopher, who else? Uh, Jamie, Perks, Rory, Vicky. They're not dead, they're just in Birmingham. And having lived in Birmingham myself, I know there are far worse places to be, but it explains a lot. And finally, I'm feeling sorry for Rob's new neighbours. I'm sure we won't actually hear anything of them at all. Uh, My heart goes out to them because I'm a near neighbour of Donald Trump in Midtown, New York. And poor old Stormy, the Dumpty Dog, has had his normal route to Central Park via the Plaza Fountain disrupted by all the new security barriers and sirens. Some of its favourite smells are now completely out of bounds. And I have to say that Stormy and I are probably happier being Donald's neighbours 
than we would be living next door to Rob. Loving the podcast as always, and especially appreciative of those lovely people who've pretended to be actors, but who've kindly volunteered to represent the real people who live in Ambridge. So grateful for their generosity and their insight and their sense of fun, and really grateful to you two as well for being such wonderful interviewers and joining in with all of them, all of the great community that they're a part of, we're a part of, and everything. It's a really, really nice thing. Hope to call her in again soon, and bye for now. His game for going to sleep is how are people related to each other in the archers? That is genius. I try and work out my VAT bill. That's how I get to sleep. But then the shock of it normally wakes me right back up again. So that didn't work either. But this is uh, this is perfect. And it, but Roy is not going to marry Tracy Horobin. He may be a bit of a smelly old dog or not, depending on your point of view. But he's not mad enough to marry Tracy Horobin. Plus, she's mute at the moment. Mm. And even Roy wouldn't marry a mute woman. Um, <laughs> how Good enough for Bert Fry, though. Yes. Well, she's dead now, so that kind of doesn't, you know. No, but the precedent's been set, is my that's point. super mute, dead. Um, Talking about exciting. games that people play. Mm, um, on, on the, well, yeah, well, you kind of were, because you said New York Nigel Howe puts himself to bed. Okay. Mm, right. Um, on the... I guess people's nationalities by their shoes. <laughs> is that a thing? No, it's not a thing. I think that's just uh, peculiar to you. Oh, okay. Uh, David Keel says he wants to have a World Cup of, of the Archers. And I think I know how this is supposed to be played, but I, I'm, I'm not going to say, David. A World Cup of the Archers? Yes, yes, of Archers characters. Right. And basically, um, you have a round robin section and then a knockout, and then you see who is the most popular uh, character in the Archers. And he reckons it would be a Lillian and uh, Fallon final. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but I no, think Jazza, that... Lillian and Jazza. Ooh, third place playoff maybe. Anyway, uh, David, I think uh, this is a wonderful idea, and it's something we could definitely do over the Christmas period. But I think you need to go and properly explain how this would actually run <laughs> back on the forum. I think I know what you. David mean. is now staring at his radio aghast, thinking. I didn't have an actual plan. It was just something I thought off the top of my head. What's well, he, he, he tweeted it as well. So it's not quite just off the top of his head. He's, he's, he's going for this in his, in his own fashion. You know, he's, okay. he's plastering all of our social media with this. But we need a little bit more meat on them, their bones, sir. So um, I suggest you go back into the forum, explain how it would work. Uh, and then I'll probably give it the thumbs up and, and, we'll, and we'll go do it. New York Nigel lives near Donald Trump. Mm. Well, there goes the neighbourhood. <laughs> and his poor dog can't go where he wants to go. I would go and pee all over Donald Trump's front garden. Pee all up his... Well, he doesn't have a garden. Tower. He lives in bloody Trump Tower. Oh, I know. But he could pee up the tower. I think it's mm. quite a small dog, though, so it wouldn't get very far. Um, J.H. Bennett. I need to read the email. Ooh, I don't know if okay, J.H. Bennett is a man or a woman. Not that it matters. Pip and Jude, um, he slash she sent us a link to um, uh, the audio of Jude getting away from Pip uh, when when he uh, left her at the airport. And J.H. says, 
By the way, he was not her lecturer. David and Ruth thought that he might be when they first saw him because he was so much older, but he was just an older student at her college who never got it together enough to pass any exams and caused Pip to make a mess of hers. Kind results, J.H. Thank you very much, J.H. You are completely correct. I'd completely forgotten that. Um, I'm just glad he's gone, quite frankly. Mm. Right. Oh, and the other message we had was from... From Jane Roth, who says, thanks to Tractor, I made contact this week with Maya, who is also in the Northeast, and we decided to try and organise a Dumpty Dum meetup in the new year. We set a tentative date of 6pm on Thursday, the 12th of January, and decided on a venue in Newcastle City Centre. And she said, can we tell people via the medium of Dumpty Dum, if you are in the Newcastle area, on the 12th of January and you fancy meeting up then you need to get in touch with Jane who is on tractor awesome you see the power of tractor it's awesome I know it's fantastic it's brilliant very proud of what we've it's achieved the pulling power as of a <laughs> community <laughs> well done you alright then folks let's uh, have a quick break come back the other side touch a Millie Bell and some hastily put together tweets of the last <laughs> seven days we do have some now, don't we? Yeah, no. Well, yeah, no. I, ha- I had... Is I it had... yes or no? Yes. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. I mean, I was eight years old, interesting, the same age as the uh, Dragon King's daughter when she comes out of the sea. But um, well, what was happening to me when I was eight years old was that I was at the hands of a paedophile in, um, in a classroom for a year. And awesome. Yeah. Um, for me, I well, and I think the reason that I somehow managed to, to win in the end is that for me, it's about an economy of the three things that bring a song together. Catch up with me speaking to friends and interesting people every Friday afternoon on Friday 15, which you can get, of course, from a podcatcher of your choice. Facebook. Uh, on the forum, we've been discussing the World Cup of Archers, which was started by David Keel. And Purple Pumpkin started a thread about accents, Brummies in particular. Uh, there was a discussion about why people couldn't pin themselves on tractor, and we have a lot of expertise out there to help. And we continue to discuss the psych report, of course. And Cameron Chalmers um, started a discussion about character names. So pretty busy on the forum. And as I say, if you want to have some uh, fast action, that's a really good place to go. So that would be dumptydum.com forward slash forums. On the Facebook page, we were really busy. First of all, we started to talk about Brian. Uh, Brian knows more than Adam about soil, so he can stop Adam continuing with the soil project. But Adam knows enough about soil to improve over-farmed soil on potential property. And we thought, uh, Adam, why aren't you using this as a negotiating point? Andrew Horn pointed out that Brian's softening is flattery to get Adam on board with the project, which is all about building a legacy for Rory 
I absolutely agree with you, Andrew. I did wonder whether this was the start of that storyline that we've all been anticipating. And Leslie Greaves pointed out that, isn't Brian supposed to be retired? Um, We also wondered in that, oh, horrid episode, Jill, what are you doing? Diane Telford said, Jill sounds irrational. She's right, but she'd be better saying, Pip, he's a twant. I shall say no more. Uh, I don't worry. We will be here for you when you find him hanging out of the back of another woman. Hmm. Interesting phraseology, <laughs> Diane. Uh, Yehan Dua said, "I hold the same opinion of Toby as Jill, but she's going about it completely the wrong way. She will drive Pip into his arms. If she just left well alone, Pip would soon realise Toby is a complete fool." Yeah, actually, I agree with you. I do think she's going about it the wrong way, but I completely understand why she's losing it. And Glenday after says, I'm having a hard job believing Jill will do that. She's usually quite sensitive and diplomatic with her family. Much more discussion on that. And uh, I I like these debates because I don't have anyone to talk about the artist with. So I'm glad you got involved in that discussion there. We also said, I hate to say this, but I agree with Susan. It is very unprofessional not to let a client know that you're running late, especially in those circumstances and I meant the circumstances where everybody's getting dressed up, especially for it. Robin Sutton said, I just knew Kira was going to throw up on that dress. Uh, Diane Telford said she had her fingers in her ears. Liza Villalobos said, fortunately, Susan didn't have the four alternative gowns draped over her shoulder. <laughs> and Pam Crookshank said, I hoped Kira was going to throw up on that dress and not on Lynn's head. We also talked about, Helen, why did you have to say that this will be a Christmas to remember? You're in a soap. It can only go horribly wrong now. And so many of you agree. Uh, I'll just read you out a couple. Uh, Liz Villalobos says, cast to the rescue. I foresee Helen's new friend as being another loyal defender with Kirsty, of course. Mm, good point. Maybe I'm being very pessimistic, Liz. You're right. And... Witherspoon said, uh, hashtag Archer foreshadowing at its best. And Claire McKeegan suggested that Rob is going to kidnap Henry and Gideon, which I find very frightening. And finally, we said, did we miss something? Elizabeth was very cold with Dr. Locke tonight. And we, I thought, I mean, I thought they were pals. Uh, Cara Littlewood-Parrier said Shula and Elizabeth had a chat about Dr. Locke. And Shula mentioned her foolish crush on him. Elizabeth has called things off with him since then. That's true, actually. You're right. And I sort of hadn't joined those dots myself. Janice Pope said it was weird at the start. He said something like, I should let you get on with things, which gave her a chance to get away gracefully. And she said, oh, no, Lily said I could should relax more then having let him drone on about his first car she went quite cold and bordered on rude do you know what that's exactly how i felt about it it didn't feel right did it now there was a lot more in that fame but i do have to leave the last word with vicky van gorkum who said after hearing about neville's skills with the ping pong balls i think she now fancies her chances with him Oh, you made me laugh. That was so funny, Vicky. Good job. The ping pong balls had to come in somewhere. And Lucy, we are expecting, of course, something in your uh, roundup about the ping pong balls. And it will be much funnier than anything I could think of. So, until next week, don't forget, forum or Facebook. Hooroo! Right then, Millie Bell, as always, tip top. Uh, Lucy. Yep. Hit us with those tweets. Uh, Barefoot Mower. Mm-hmm. said, I don't care how nice her cakes are, Jill is a malicious old trout. 
Joni M said, oh, good. Jack is on solids. Feed him sprouts on Rob's contact days. That's <laughs> um, I'm Vincent Murphy said, we don't want any awkward silences says Brian, a man whose marriage has often contained years of awkward silences. Very true. Uh, this is, this is, there's a lot to do with baby shit in these tweets. John Porter said, I was once feeding my infant son when he sneezed, vomited and filled his nappy all at the same time. Go for it, Jack. <laughs> and tweet of the week is from Bob Hawkins, Salvatore Rosa, who said, I always assume, with my daughter's boyfriends, that they've got an illegal still. <laughs> my God, I'm a terrifying father-in-law. <laughs> so there we are. Right then, end of the showtime, folks. Uh, just rattle through a few things that we just need to uh, say before we uh, say goodbye. Dumdydum.com, go there, got a shop, got a forum, tractor. Go on to Tractor. I know a few people are having problems pinning themselves. And um, I know if you, some, some people can't quite do it on their phones, but then they do it on their iPads. Persevere. If not, there is actually an email address on the Tractor page if you can't quite manage it. You can go email uh, the people at, uh, at Cornerstone and they'll help you out because they're awesome like that. And, and they're just like nice people. The whole point is, folks, that you can... Go on there and then discover who lives relatively close to you. Message them and then to kind of hang out with them. Have a beer, have a baby sham, have a cocktail, have a have a fizzy pop together. Well, and just... have a baby then. I was going to don't have a baby for God's sake. Oh, that would be lovely. The first we are not having any tractor baby. baby. Well, why not? Well, why not? I don't know. I'd feel responsible. Don't do it to please us anyway. If you want a baby, <laughs> do it yourself. You don't need to do it for us talking about babies that arrival thing i actually watched it you know watched it last night that film where it's um the aliens come down but it's all about language oh yeah and uh how we misinterpret uh people um and it was, it's very good very good and very interesting story about her daughter hannah through it which kind of ties the whole thing up um, and uh, there is a line. She says, shall we make a baby? That's all I'm <gasps> saying. And it sounds quite innocuous. And it's not one of those rumpy, pumpy films. You don't have to worry about seeing heaving buttocks or anything like that. It's very cerebral and it's incredibly middle class. And if you're a bit clever like you and know about language, you quite appreciate it. Because it's not about lasers and, and, and shooting people up or anything like that. And presidents all being worried because aliens are about to invade. Not like that at all. It couldn't be further from the truth from that. And stop typing. Sorry. Pay attention. I'm just saving the speech before it dis- the, the the monologue before it uh, dis- before it disappears. Mm. Anyway, so um, wdom.com forum. I can't believe you're tractor. shouting at me to pay attention. Bloody hell! I <laughs> 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 feel clickety click brown. Uh, iTunes. Um, it's yes. about time we had some more reviews on there, folks. So um, it's we're always season... nagging, aren't we? Nag nag. No, we provide entertainment. How dare you? How dare you? Right, no, all we do is we encourage. We gently suggest and encourage. That's all we do. I don't know. I think we've gone fairly close to mugging on several occasions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll keep the hectoring going. If you'd like to keep our bloody little (laughs) show on the road, folks, there's two ways this can be done. You can do it by hitting donate 
on our website so hit that donate button or you can go on to Patreon and uh, you can uh, decide to give us a couple of quid per show um, remember to get in contact with us you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe which is on our website or you can call us on 0203-0313-105 to leave us a message on social media specifically Twitter where this show came out of you can find us where we are at me. I'm at Royfield also Harriet the woman of a thousand voices is at Sandbridges and I am at Lucy B. Freeman awesome uh, would you like to sign off um goodbye is that it yep I'm spent but you know <laughs> I'm sure that's not true <laughs> you're a woman of vim vigour and brio I know they've got loads of energy Lucy I remember from our teenage oh. years <laughs> Age has diminished you not a jot, I'm sure. (laughs) Age has diminished you not a jot, I'm sure. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Age has diminished you not a jot, I'm sure. <laughs>